Today's title to the message this morning is Today for Tomorrow. Today for Tomorrow. If we want to stress less and accomplish more. How many likes that in their life? Stress less and accomplish more. Just uh, Yeah, there's a few of us. Stress less and accomplish more. You have to sow the seeds to produce a harvest. Now, how do you do that? What, what, what's going to take place? What, what does all that mean? By taking proactive measures today that will produce desired outcomes tomorrow. That's what we want. Simply put, sow today what you want to see tomorrow because what you sow, you shall also Reap, so saith the Bible. What you sow, you shall also, also reap. Ecclesiastes chapter number 11, verse 1 through 4. Why don't we stand and honor the reading of the word of the Lord? We'll read it all together, and then I'll kind of break down just a little bit and go through it, uh, go through it a little bit uh, on my own. The word of the teacher, son of David, king of Jerusalem. Is that the NIV? All right, we'll read the NIV. I may read something else when I go through them. All right, verse 2, everyone together. Meaningless, meaningless. Whoa, chapter number 11. Chapter number 11. Chapter number 11. While they're getting that, why don't you turn to your neighbor, give them a high five and say, Everybody makes mistakes. That was probably my mistake that I wrote down the wrong thing and gave to them. Or maybe the Lord wanted us to go another route there this morning. Who knows? Chapter number 11. We're going to read verse 1 through 4 and then verse number 6. Here we go. This is a little more. A little more. Cast your bread upon the waters. For you will find it after many Days, cast your bread, cast your bread upon the water. Everybody, give a portion. So much wisdom in this stuff, guys. Come on, let's soak it in. Verse three: If the clouds could be full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. And if the tree, listen to this. Now, this is some deep stuff. If the tree fall forward or fall toward the south or toward the north, guess what? In the place the tree falleth, there it is. There it shall be. Let that stuff sink in now. This is is some powerful wisdom here. Next verse, everyone. He that observeth the wind. He that just observeth the wind shall not sow, and he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you so much for the media getting, getting us that. And I apologize for getting you the wrong, the wrong verse. Cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find it after just a couple days. Is that what it says? Many days. Listen to us, folks. Listen. You shall find it after many days. So says verse 1 of chapter 11, Ecclesiastes. Many days. Now, it doesn't happen just overnight. 
Sometimes we do things and, and, and we want to see the results overnight. We want to see the results by the end of the week. But that scripture says uh, you'll find it uh, after many days. Uh, doesn't just happen right away. There are no shortcuts. There are no cheat codes uh, that you can find that you can just input and plug in. And suddenly you're going to get the answer back. We overestimate. Listen to me. We overestimate what can be accomplished in a year or two years or even five years. But we underestimate what God can do in 10 years and, and 20 years. We overestimate in the short period of time, but we underestimate in the longer period of time what God can do. We want things at the speed of light, but it doesn't happen at the speed of the light. It happens in the time that it takes the seed to be planted into the ground and for that seed to take up root before it will bear fruit. God does not work on our timeline. We like it when good things happen suddenly, when it's automatic, when you lift up your hands and the gift of faith is present and it happens immediately when the day of Pentecost was fully come. Suddenly, there was a suddenly time there. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. We all like suddenly times in our life, immediate times, miraculous times. Suddenly usually happens only after days and after months. They were in that upper room seven to ten days praying and waiting praying and waiting suddenly usually happens after days after months after years of continually doing the right thing you don't plan for that you don't plan for a suddenly moment but if you pray and anticipate Pentecost is going to happen somebody give the Lord a hand clap Verse number 2 of that 11 says, give portions. Listen, this is wisdom. The writer Solomon, the wisest man that ever walked upon the face of this earth outside of Jesus Christ. He says, give portions to seven, yes, to eight. For you do not know what disaster may come upon the land. Give portions to seven and even eight. Give some here and some there and some there. Another translation says, divide your investments among many places, Solomon, the wise man, was teaching diversification way back then. He says, put it here and put it there and put it there, seven or eight places, because who knows when destruction will come. Verse number three, if the clouds are full of water, they pour rain upon the earth. And, and this is the one I like. Whether a tree falleth to the south or to the north, in the place where it falls... There it will lie. Wherever it falls, uh, there will it lie. And somebody said, thank you, Captain Obvious. 
but it's actually great wisdom. If it has happened, there it is. If it's taken place, there it is. You can't change what's already been done. You've got to just move on from it now. You've got to go forward with it now. Verse 4 says, whoever watches the wind will not plan, and whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. Verse number 6, I don't think we read just a moment ago, but verse number 6, sow your seed in the morning. Wisdom, folks. Sow your seed in the morning, and at evening let your hands not be idle, for you do not know which will succeed. You sow that seed in the morning, but even in the evening, don't let your hands be idle, for you do not know which will succeed, whether this or whether that, whether this or whether that, whether both will do equally well. We do not know. So what do we do? We continue doing what's right. We continue doing what's right. Sowing and what we sow, we will reap. More wisdom for you. God does not answer 100% of the prayers that you don't pray. God doesn't answer 100% of the prayers that you don't pray. More wisdom. You will not accomplish 100% of the goals that you do not set. Listen, prayer is the way we write history before it happens. Pray through to the breakthrough. You can't just wish upon a star. You must sow it in order to reap it. Sow the seeds and you want and will see them happen. Come on, one more time. Put your hands together. Don't worry about outcomes, focus on input. Don't worry necessarily about the outcomes. Focus on the input. We plant. We water. Paul said, I plant. Apollos watered. But it's God that gives the increase. God does the miraculous. God does what's beyond us. We do what's in our power. We do what we know that is right to do. We don't just stand idle by, but we do that. We plant. We water. But God. God does the miraculous. God does the increase. God does what's beyond us and beyond our power. I often say it, uh, if you plant watermelon seeds, you get watermelons. It's tough stuff. You plant carrot seeds, carrots. If you plant nothing, Somebody said it. You're going to get weeds. You don't plan anything, you don't do anything. You don't just not get anything back. You get something that's undesired. You get the undesirable. Not just nothing, you get weeds. An undesired result. So do nothing and you don't actually stay the same. You digress. You go backwards. You got more work to catch back 
up. The fact is, is you cannot break the principle of sowing and reaping. It will make you or it will break you. For the kids, I say it and it's truth. You play the way you practice. You play the way you practice. If you go half-hearted when you're practicing, when you get out there, when it's real, more than likely there's going to be mistakes made and you're going to play that way. Practice the way you want to play. Get better with it. Get better with it. Put the time in because you're going to play the way you practice. What you put in is what you get out. Malcolm Gladwell in his 2008 book, Outliers, uh, talks about the 10,000-hour rule, which I've mentioned several times uh, before. Among other things, he states uh, from the studies that the difference, uh, the difference in the standouts uh, is not talent. The difference in the ones that rise to the top, the difference in the ones that are the best at what they're doing is not talent. Everyone that competes or performs at a high level has talent. They've got talent. They all do. It's not talent that separates them. It's commitment. Commitment is what separates them. It's practice. It's habit. It's what they put into it. The study says that what made the violinist the best was not talent. They all had it at that level. But rather, it was the magic number that he said was 10,000 hours of practice. The Michael Jordans, the Magic Johnsons, the Larry Birds, or now the Steph Currys or the Giannis's of the day. It's not, it's not talent. It's practice that sets them apart. Many could have been it, but simply weren't because they didn't didn't put in the hours. We are what we repeatedly do. A person is not friendly because they were friendly one time. A person is not friendly because they were friendly one time. A person isn't a coffee drinker because they drank coffee one time. Uh, uh, coffee drinkers uh, drink coffee repeatedly. Friendly people are friendly to others repeatedly. You're not a faithful member of a church because you've been one time. Someone is faithful because they are there all the time. You're not a praying person because you prayed before. You're a prayer warrior because you pray all the time. All the time, not, not just once. Uh, you do it over and over and over. You continue the process. Uh, you keep bombarding heaven. You keep bowing the knee. You keep calling on the name of the Lord. You keep casting your cares upon him for he careth for you. You're not a worshiper because you worshiped one time. You're a worshiper because you worship all the time. Not just because you worship on Sunday morning. Not just because you sing along with the praise team. No, you worship all the time. You lift him up all the time. You enter into his presence all the time. You make it a habit. You do it repeatedly. You know what Noah did right after he got direction from God to build an ark? Obviously, there was obedience that went in. Jewish tradition, whether it's true or not, I, I don't know, but I've read. Jewish tradition says 
that he planted trees. Think about that. He's going to build an ark to the saving of his family. And we know that he's, his family, know the eighth man entered in the ark and he was saved with his family, seven others. Wife, three sons, and their wives. They enter into the ark. To build an ark that big, you're going to require some lumber. They needed some two-by-fours. Somebody say amen. Maybe it was bigger than two-by-fours. Who knows? They needed some planks. But they needed a lot of lumber. Doesn't despise. Do not despise. The scripture says the day of small things. Elijah's servant, after seven times going back and looking over the sea and say, what do you see? Elijah asked him. He come back six times and says, I don't see anything. I don't see anything. I don't see anything. But the seventh time he come back, he said, I see a cloud about the size of a man's hand. And Elijah said, get thee up for I hear the sound of abundance of rain memorials today's memorial day weekend tomorrow memorial day many days in our life are very memorable for us for several this week and last week was graduations and it'll be a memorial memorable day in your life you can remember probably your high school graduation or maybe a college graduation or uh, memorable days maybe if not that you can remember maybe if you're married you remember your, your your wedding day memorable days maybe when your kids were born if if you have them and on and on the accomplishments of them or accomplishments in your life and you remember memorable days and then there are moments you wish you could forget there are moments and days that you wish you simply could forget the memory of such triggers these painful emotions Paul said this one thing I do forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before I'm going to press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus Forgetting those things which are behind, not continuing to live in the past, be it good or be it bad, but forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto that which is to come. Don't just live in the past, be it good or bad. Reach forward, press forward. Today is for tomorrow. Somebody say hallelujah. You can't manufacture the miracle. Wish we could. You can't manipulate the situation, but most of the time we're waiting for God to move. Waiting for God to move while God is waiting for us to make a move. What seeds are you planting? What seeds are you planting? And then three seeds here today, and we could go, we could do a number of different ways and a number of different, different angles, but three seeds today. To plant, to make it rain blessings in your life. I need the blessings of God. I don't know about you. I need God in my life. Somebody say amen. If you, if you need God, could you put your hands together and clap to him? Three seeds I want to plant. Number one, humility. Humble yourself before the mighty hand of God that he might exalt you in due time doing the will of God but having pride God won't always bless that and he won't bless it for God resisteth the proud 
but he giveth grace to the humble. So sometimes you can be in doing the right thing with the wrong attitude, and the favor of God simply is not on you. God resisteth the proud, but he giveth grace to the humble. Stay humble, stay, stay humble, stay humble and stay hungry. If we stay humble and we stay hungry, there's nothing that God can't do in us or through us. Humble yourself before the mighty hand of God that he might exalt you in due time. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's not thinking less of yourself. You're the apple of God's eye. You are God's workmanship. As I said last week, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are special. God made you just like you are. You are somebody. God loves you. You're the apple of his eye. So humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. Did you get the difference there? It's not thinking less of yourself or put, oh, I'm, I'm so terrible, I'm so bad. That, that's not necessarily humble. That, 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 that's a wrong, a wrong ideology of yourself or, 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 or low self-esteem is not being humble. Humble is thinking less of yourself. Thinking of yourself less. Not thinking less of yourself. Thinking of yourself less. If you want to put seeds in the ground, you offer the sacrifice of praise. Gets it off of myself. Gets my mind off of myself. And gets it on the Lord Jesus Christ. Offer up a sacrifice of praise. And something will shift in the atmosphere. It's all about God. It's not about you. You are not the main character in your story. God is the main character. Somehow we've got to get that in our minds. He's the main character. You're living your life after what you want, and that's wrong. You got to humble yourself before the mighty hand of God that he'll exalt you in due time. Get your mind off of yourself and get your mind on God. Less of me is more of him. John the Baptist said, I must decrease. He must increase. And when I decrease and he increases, blessing will come in my life. When you operate in the spirit of humility, the seeds are planted that will bring forth fruit, that will rain down blessings in your life. Stay humble. Second thing. Positivity. Positivity. Greatest challenge is maintaining positivity. The nature of human, of human mankind, they tend to focus on the negative. They tend to focus on what's wrong rather than on what's right. And in order to change that, you have to make a conscience, a conscious decision to say, I'm not going to focus on the wrong. I'm going to focus on the right. Not look at somebody and see what's wrong with them. Look at somebody and focus and lift up what's right about them. We lift people up. We don't push people down. When you come to this house, you ought to leave uplifted. You ought to leave encouraged. You ought to leave with strength. Not push down or cast down and think, oh, I'm, I'm nothing. I'm a nobody. I'm no good. No, you are somebody. We want to lift you up. 
We want encouragement to come from the house of the Lord. Find something good. Focus on that is good in somebody. Don't always be picking them apart and seeing what's wrong with them. You got just as much wrong with you as they got with them. So on you, focus on something that's right in them. And then maybe it'll lift up something inside of you that's right inside of you. Plant, plant, because you will reap what you sow. Greatest challenge is maintaining positivity. Positivity is not the power of positive thinking. It's not just, oh, because we think it, it's going to happen. Oh, because we, we think good and we think right, and then everything's just going to fall into place. No, it's a biblical issue. It's a biblical issue. Faith is positive. Faith's not negative. Faith is believing. Faith is looking. It's the, whole, it's the evidence of things hoped for, the, 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 the evidence of things not seen. There's, there's hope there. Hope is positive. Hope is life-changing. The Israelites scouted the land of promise, the land of Canaan, the land that God has promised them, the, God, the land that God has given to them. They sent out 12 scouts, 12 spies into the land. 10, everybody say 10. 10 come back and say, there's giants in the land. And we in our own sight were like, anybody know what they said? Grasshoppers. We look like grasshoppers next to those giants. One time I did a study and did the, did the proportions of, of the size of a grasshopper and, and, and how big they actually thought themselves. It's not necessarily, it wasn't a humble thing they were saying. They were saying things that, that weren't even proportionally true. We look like grasshoppers in their sight and in our sight. Come on. You're bigger than a grasshopper. Somebody say amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're bigger than a grasshopper. So we're like grasshoppers in our own sight. And that negativity spread like a virus. That negativity spread like a virus and it infected the entire nation of Israel. And it got so bad they wanted to choose a leader to take them back into bondage. That's the power of negativity. Let's appoint somebody to take us back to what we used to be. Let's follow somebody that will take us back into bondage, into building and making mortar with, without straw and bricks without straw. We want to get back there. No, that's negativity. That's the power of negativity. It was negativity. Ten negative people cost an entire generation to enter into the promise. Ten negative people cost the entire generation the promise that God had given them. Only the two of that generation entered into the promise. And their positivity, listen to this, was based, not the power of positive thinking, their positivity was based on the promises of God. 
on what God had already said, on what God had already promised them. That was what their positivity was based on. It wasn't just some type of mental things that they were playing games in their mind. No, it was based on the word of God. Their positiveness was based on what God had told them and what God had promised them. Positivity is a seed that when planted will bring forth fruit. I can't say it enough about our small group semester this past spring, and I commend all the small group leaders. Thank you to all the group leaders that made it happen. Last week, as I already said, was just awesome. The crowd, the food, the, all the everything that went into it. We could have been negative about the rain, but it was very, very positive because it made the weather so nice. Folks, God is good all the time. That's the way it is a lot of times in life something that could if you let it would ruin your day but Jesus has a way of working it for the good to them that love him and are called according to his purpose stay positive difference makers keep making a difference keep reaching keep serving you're awesome you need 2.7 compliments for every criticism one criticism it takes almost three compliments to make up for that one criticism that's the way the human mind works one push down you need three pickups one thing said negative or said bad about you you need a bunch of things to pick you back up proportionally it just it just doesn't seem right but it is come on folks uh, lose the negativity faith is not negative uh, the bible calls what we call a negative report you know what the bible calls that uh, in this story that i just referred to it called it an evil report so when you're being critical when you're being negative uh, the bible would actually call that being evil why because it was negating the promises of God for them. It negated the promises of God for an entire generation. Put on some positivity in your life. Work on it. Humility, positivity, and then thirdly, generosity. Generosity. Sow these seeds. Sow these seeds and you will reap from them. Cast your bread on the water. Give generously, for your gift will return unto you later, is what the NLT says. Acts 10 is the story of Cornelius. Acts 10 gives us the first account of a Gentile entering into the church. And I think that, unless I'm mistaken, all of us in the house this morning are probably Gentiles. Raise your hand if you're not a Gentile. We're all Gentiles. Some of you don't even know what a Gentile is. Just turn your name and say, you're, you're most likely a Gentile. But we're spiritual Jews, folks. Somebody say amen. Acts 10, the story of Cornelius. First Gentile convert. Acts 1 through 9. Samaria took place in Acts 8. Samaritans were, anybody know? Half Jew, half Gentile. Half Jew, half Gentile. So Samaritans received, received the Holy Ghost, received baptism in Jesus' name in Acts chapter 8. And then in Acts 10, listen to this. 
Listen to this. Good stuff. Love this story. Won't go into it too deep. Maybe a little bit more next week. Acts 10 tells us two things about Cornelius. Why? Of all the people. Why Cornelius? Cornelius was from an Italian band. That doesn't mean he played the guitar or the piano. Or maybe he did. Who knows? He was from an Italian band. Italian group of people. And the Bible tells us two things about him. Seeds that he was sowing that produced fruit in his life. Listen, listen to what it says. He gave generously and he prayed always. These are seeds that he's sowing. Seeds that he's sowing. He gave generously and he prayed always. He gave generously. And he prayed always. That's what we know. And that's all you really need to know about Cornelius. Uh, he was sowing the seeds uh, that made it rain blessing in his life. Uh, and this is what the Bible says. Thy prayers and thine alms that you're giving are come up for a memorial before God. It's Memorial Day for him. He could look back on that day and say, that's my Memorial Day. Your prayers and your giving has come up for a memorial before God. And such a great story in Acts chapter 10 for new and old believers. How that, how that he saw that angel came to him and said, hey, go and find Peter. He, he lodges, gives him the address to where he's at. Told him exactly where he was. Goes and finds Peter. Peter's on the housetop praying. Sees a vision three times. God had to give it to him three times because it was outside of his of his his box maybe that he had put in or maybe that, that he believed. No, no unclean thing can ever enter in my mouth. No unclean thing. Gentiles are unclean. No. Why would I do that? Why would I go there? I've never done that. I've never done that. And then the third time seeing that vision there they came. Hey, we're looking for Peter. Okay, I'm him. Goes with them. Rises, gets off the rooftop. Goes down to the house of Cornelius. Begins as they're sitting there listening to Peter preaches Christ to them and while he was yet speaking it's an awesome story the Holy Ghost fell on all which heard the word and they were filled with the Holy Ghost and it tells us how they knew how these Gentile how these Jewish believers knew that, that these Gentiles the, un, the, the outside of the commonwealth of Israel how did they know how did they see how did they realize all they're doing is listening to the word of God for they heard them the scripture says it look chapter 10 verse, verse 44 through 48 read that through there. Go ahead and read all of chapter number 10. It'll do you some good. But while he yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them uh, that were of the uncircumcision, King James says, uh, uh, that, that, and those that came down with Peter, the circumcision, the believers, the Israelites, uh, they saw that on them the Holy Ghost uh, was poured out, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. There was an external evidence uh, that took place when something internal had taken place upon every single one of them. They saw the evidence on the outside for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. And Peter said, can any man forbid water that these are not baptized that have received the Holy Ghost as well as we. And then they baptized 
baptize them all in the name of Jesus Christ. Somebody say hallelujah. If you're in the house and you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of all of your sins, today could be your day. Whenever you're ready, we're ready for you. Take that step. Come on, take that step in the Lord. Let's all put our hands together and clap to the Lord. generosity. You say, what is the tithe? Bring the tithe into the storehouse. Malachi talks about that. Prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive. Here's what you need to know and let it be settled in your mind. Let it be settled in your spirit. God can do more with 90% than you can do with 100%. God can do more with 90% than you can do by yourself with 100%. Because if you're not returning the tithe, it's all you. It's all you. You're by yourself. Hands are tied behind you. God's not blessing that if you're not returning what is his back to him. Now, that's a no-brainer for a lot of folks. That's a no-brainer for a lot of folks. And those folks, they've been eyewitnesses of God's continued blessings in their life. And my prayer is, is that the ones that aren't doing it, aren't doing it right now, that you would get it, that you would understand it, that God would open up your mind and open up your heart so that he could bless your lives and what people don't understand is we don't want something from you we don't need it the church will go on it's gone on from the beginning and it'll continue on with or without the concept of giving we don't want something from you we want something for you. You need to be blessed. You want to be blessed. You ought to have God's blessing upon your life. And if you're not a tither, put it together. Put it together. I don't have to say it. You can put it together for yourself. You need it. We want it for you. The concept of giving is more about favor and blessing that comes to you through obedience and faith. We don't give to get. Get that concept out of your mind. But God will open up the floodgates of heaven. And the more you give, the more you enjoy what you keep, you cannot outgive God. Anybody here ever outgave God? Let me see your hand. Huh? Is that a hand? Anybody here ever outgave God? Never, never, you can't outgive God. If you believe that, put your hands together and clap to him. And let me just say again, while the people around here that make a difference just blows me away. All the help that we had last week, and there were people before, before anybody ever got here, there were people after it was, it was people to cook. It was people to set up. It was people to serve. It was people to clean up and people to put away. It is awesome, folks. Uh, let me give all of you a hand. Now it used to be. Listen to me. I'm almost done. 
I was the prominent one barking out orders in the past. While we'd carry chairs. Come on, get that, get that. Come on, put it over here, put it over there. Stack that up to there and do this and do that. I was the one that unlocked the door. I was the one that locked it up at the end when it was all finished. But folks, it's a sign of maturity that when things grow, when they become mature, they learn to do what they're supposed to do. Let that sink in. Think about your kids. Sign of maturity. They don't have to be told what to do. They do it because it's right. Amen? Because the heart has been trained. Not because there's a list of rules, there are do's and don'ts. Because if they're only going by the list of rules that are do's and don'ts, as soon as they get out on their own, they make their own list of do's and don'ts. Listen to me. But if the heart is trained, and if the heart becomes right, it's not about a list of do's or don'ts. You're doing because that's what you are. That's who you are. Somebody say amen. amen. And it's an awesome thing. It's a sign of maturity. When things grow, they learn to do what they're supposed to do. Because what you repeatedly do is who you are. And thank God for it. And let me just say, it, it, it's smart to plan. It is. It's smart to plan. And... It wouldn't have been anything wrong with, with getting a list and having 15 people to sign up to commit to setting everything up and then having another list that had 20 or 30 people committed to cleaning up or putting away when it was all done. Now, that would be a smart thing to do, and I understand all that. But these things happen, for the most part, organically. Organically. It happens because it's who you are. It's who you are. And there's a difference there. If I didn't have confidence in you, then we would have to list. If I didn't have confidence in you, then we would have to write down do's and don'ts. If I didn't have confidence in you and didn't think that you were a mature individual and a mature Christian, then we would have to dictate over you. But folks, dictating over you is not the way that somebody gets Christ and all that he has in them. God said he'd rewrite his laws and put them upon our heart it's who we are folks it's who we are it's who we are lift your hands to the lord right now jesus i love you i thank you for your goodness i thank you for your love i thank you for your strength i thank you for your power i thank you for your blessings come to a close the lad that had the little lunch in John, presumably someone had made his lunch for him. Possibly a mother. Preached an entire message on that before. This is not that message. She planted a seed. She planted a seed. The boy that had the lunch, he gave it. He gave it. She planted, he gave. Jesus multiplied it. That little lunch, that little sack lunch wouldn't have done anything but fed that boy. She planted. He gave. Jesus multiplied. Fed 5,000 men, not counting women and children. He gave it and Jesus multiplied it. The boy, folks, had the opportunity to eat 
more than he had originally given. How do I know that? Because when everybody was full, they picked up 12 baskets full of the remains. There was more than enough for that crowd of people. And the little boy was, could have been reluctant first. Man, I'm not giving this. If I give this, I don't have anything. I'm hungry. If I give this, I have nothing. But he gave it. And Jesus blessed it. Multiplied it. Disciples distributed it. And I guarantee you that boy had more to eat than what he brought. It's an awesome thing. It's an awesome thing. Plant seeds of humility, positivity, and generosity. And let's watch what God will do to us and through us. Farmers who wait for perfect weather will never plant, is what Solomon was saying. There's not a perfect day. <clears throat> the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Cast your bread upon the water. It was an article entitled The Madonna of the Future. It was about a fictional story of an artist who devoted her entire life to a single painting. And when the artist died, it was discovered the canvas was blank. She never finished because she never started. And that fictional story is nonfiction to a lot of people today. If you wait until you're ready, you'll be waiting until the day that you die. If you wait for perfect conditions. Now, I preach this kind of stuff and I have in the past and it's dangerous for some people. I don't want you to go in on Tuesday. More than likely you got tomorrow off. Don't go in on Tuesday and quit your job. Don't, don't put, put the for sale sign up in front of your house right now because you'll sell it before the week's over on this, in this market. Somebody say amen. I'm not saying to do that right now. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what, that's not what we're getting at this morning. Don't, don't sell and move to Alaska and, and start a church where there's 100 people. Don't do that. And where you're going to be cold and where the sun's not going to go down and it's going to be sunlight all day. Don't do that. Sow your seed in the morning. And in the evening, let not your hands be idle. This is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it today is the day give us this day our daily bread today this day i'm gonna sow today his mercies are renewed every morning today his mercies are new for you for somebody for all of us today surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life today goodness and mercy tomorrow goodness and mercy are going to follow me come on today make up your mind to stress less and accomplish more I'm going all in with God if you've never committed to the Lord fully today is your day growth track next week don't put it off complete it now get involved now get 
involved now. Be a part of the kingdom of God and do what you can now. Sow seeds. Sow seeds today that you want to see accomplished tomorrow. Because the decisions you make in your life today affect your future. They affect your future. It does matter. It does matter. So, so humility. So, so positivity. So generosity. And you see God's blessings begin to rain down in.